You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. We are again in our series, Dear Prodigals, and it's the last two talks of this series. Are you learning so far? And the big message today is this. Create your destiny. Can you look at the person beside you? Tell that person, create your destiny. If you're ready to receive the graces and blessings of God, let's all pray our favorite prayer. Raise up your hands. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I'm God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us raise our hands to the Word of God. And sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we'll be reading a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 15, chapter 30, verses 15 to 20. It will be on your screen, and I want you to read it with me. This is Moses' command to the Israelites because they are about to enter the promised land, and I believe this message is still very much applicable to us today. So let's read. Now listen. Today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep His commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away, and if you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you, now that, now that, now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. And he repeats it again. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord's were to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Have you noticed a recurring pattern of Moses' message to the Israelites? I think it's quite a simple message. Two options. Option number one, follow God and you will get blessed. Option number two, Reject God's ways and get cursed. Can you look at the person beside you? Can you tell that person, choose option one. 
So if you're ordering, please choose option one. Okay? Is that clear and simple enough? But would you agree with me that the challenge today is this? Sometimes when life presents us with options and choices, it's not that easy to distinguish which are curses and blessings. Do you agree? For example, you had a bad day at work, so stressed, and you ate at a good restaurant after to pamper yourself. And after that, you thought of, should I order cake? Which will you choose? Option one or option two? Diba nalito na kayo? Diba? So, what if there is a notification for life? You see, option one, option two, life or death. When you, will you choose the cake or not? And there's as little eye icon on every choice so that there's an explanation. So when you click the cake and there's option one, choose life, nakalagay doon, ah, don't eat the cake na. You have said this 30 times this month already. <laughs> because you have a hard day at work every single day. So hindi na. Choose life. You can decline now because you have cake already. And besides, your blood sugar level is already doing the cha-cha with the borderline. Wouldn't it be nice? If life decisions like that, if you had that, that means and tool. Now, Lord, there's an opportunity presented to me today. There's a challenge ahead of me. How do I choose life or death in this situation? Do you want that? And that is my desire also. And my desire for everyone. Because we all need one word. Ask me, what's that? We need alignment. We have been singing that. We need alignment to God's heart. So that when something is presented, you're aligned to God and you will see, Lord, how can I perceive this beyond my own logic and beyond my own understanding? Because up front, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't want it. But if this will path and choice lead to life, allow me to have the grace and the wisdom from you to decide the proper step. Do you want that? So can you put your hands on your heart and say this with me, Lord, I want option one. Father, in times that we cannot discern if a certain option goes with your way or it will go against your way and, or probably there are times that it will be against our, our own way but may we have the grace to choose you and follow you each day because your path and following you leads to life. Amen. Let's raise our hands to the word of God and sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand and praise Him. Praise His name. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You may now take your seats. And as you are sitting down, I want you to tell the person beside you, God will speak to you today. So right now, we will be talking about, in this talk, we will be talking about what is discussed in Deuteronomy chapters 27 to 30. And I have said as I have said earlier, these will be the last two talks for Deuteronomy already. Did you learn so much already? Yes, diba? Ang ganda nung talk din natin last week. And the big message today is this, again, create your destiny. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, you create 
your destiny. Tell that person again, you, you, you dictate your own weight. Diba? In some sense, it is true. Because you have also the power to choose what to eat and what not to eat when, when you would do exercise or not. And I think it's, it's shown here in, in the verses that we are reading today. I, I liken it to this movie. Whom among you here are familiar with The Matrix? The Matrix. Ayan, para sa mga engineering, ayaw namin yung Matrix, yun yung computation. But whom among you is familiar with Morpheus? Diba? He gives Neo an option. Would you choose the red pill or the blue pill? This one leads to this. This one leads to that. Let me ask you a question. Does Morpheus have a preference? Does he have a preference? Kung meron ba siyang gustong piliin ni Neo sana? Of course he has. Because he wanted Neo to be the savior. But what does he do? He knows that he had to give the option and the truth. And the person must choose for himself. In the same way as we, we must choose for our own selves. You want to know why? Ask me why. The wives will know this. Some wives will come to me and say, Brother JB, why is it that when it is said at the feast, my husband follows it? But when I keep telling him all over and over and over again, he doesn't follow it. Why does it work that way? We want to know why. Ask me why. It's because that if a decision came from inside and the person decided to do it, it will likely happen because there's power in the decision. So in this way, when, when Moses or God is speaking through Moses, the way he's presenting options, he's saying that, I want you to have power over the, your decision. So if we look at the blessings in Deuteronomy, we'll talk about and dig deep. The first option is actually simple. Option one is life. Option two is death. Brother Odi will talk later about death, but I will choose the option. Talk about life. So, if you will see there, Deuteronomy verse chapter 28, you could see a list of blessings. If you choose God, you, have many, you will have many descendants. The harvest will be good. You will have economic and financial abundance. You have military victory. And it intros the verse. In, the intro of that is Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. It is said there, If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully keep His commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world. Wow. He will elevate you. For us who are working or in career, we know that. Mapopromote ka. Diba? But we also know that with great power comes great, great electricity bill. Diba? If you consume, tama, with great power comes great responsibility. So, if you look at it, this is hyperlinking to Genesis also. That you are not to have blessing and power alone for your own sake. Because that is highlighted also in their talk last week. That God cares for the little ones. So, you must not use it to, to afflict and uh, abuse the little ones. So in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3, it is said there, I will make you into a great nation. This is the hyperlink to that verse. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. God is blessing you with power, with authority, with finances, with everything that is good in your life so that you can eventually use it to bless the people around you. 
Can you look at the person beside you? Is that person blessed? Tell that person, bless me in the process. Why are you so sungit? <laughs> diba? Because here's the reality, my friends. I want, to, I want to share this truth with you today. If a blessing is not shared, it may become a burden. Do you agree? Imagine you get the whole cake. You don't share it. Diba? You will enjoy it, but certainly, you'll feel it in your... <laughs> in your belt, you know. But, if you look at it, but straightforward naman, God is presenting a choice between good and bad. It's, it's revealed in life. But again, as I've said in my intro, sometimes the, the options are not easy to discern. So some of you might be asking this question because I'm asking this question also as I'm preparing for this talk. This is the question. Lord, why do I still receive curses even if I'm already following you? Have you ever asked that question? Lord, here we are. We're attending the feast every time. We're trying to follow you. Of course, we sin once in a while. Of course, sometimes we get angry and sometimes we lose our cool. But why, is it, why does it feel that sometimes, even if I'm following you, it seems that curses still happen in my life? You want to know the answer? Ask me, what's that? Because of two reasons. Number one is this. Because of other people who chose curse. That's why our talk last week is important. Because if you're a person in authority, you have power, your choices affect those under you. Diba? And another example is me. For example, I came from a broken family. So the choices of my parents in the past had an effect on me. Growing up in a different setup has very much an effect on my self-worth, of me finding my identity. Are you getting my point? And the second reason is this. Because of the enemy... Switching labels. We've talked about this. That sometimes the way it, it's confusing because the enemy's goal is to confuse you. To make what is bad seem good and what is good seem bad. Can I share more about this? Because I had a revelation recently. I was reviewing my journal entries from 2010. I used to write there when there are significant events in my life. I, I write down my, my prayers. And as I was reviewing, I saw a line there that says, context, back in 2010, I was still single. But I was already active serving the kids' ministry and the campus missions. So I was serving the youth already. And in my prayer there, there was one, one line there that says, Lord, when, I'm, when it's my turn to be a parent, I want to be there for them, especially in their formative years. That's part of my prayer. And as I look back to it now, I said, oh my God, Lord, you're answering my prayer from before that I have already forgotten before. Because as you may know, my, my daughter has a medical condition. And initially, my wife and I really saw this as a, a burden, a challenge, a curse. Because... It has limited our lives in terms of our finances, our time, and everything. There were days when we were just in, at the beginning of this journey that my wife and I would tell ourselves, hindi na tayo makarakit, no? Dati, ganito, makakaganito ka, makakapag-documentary ka pa. Ako, makakapag-talk ako out of town, makakapag-talk ako this. Ngayon, hindi na. And for, for some time, it has burdened us because as parents, parents, who are parents here? 
Do you have that same desire to have a certain level of financial capacity? Yes, very much. Because you know that it will make a difference for your children, right? And we're coming from that angle. We, we have been very good in the past in really managing what we have and making do with what we, and maximizing it. But at this time in our lives, we're really praying, Lord, we want more financial provision. And then the situation of my daughter came in. And now that I'm trying to make sense and piece this out together, I realize one thing. You want to know what's that? Ask, ask me what's that. Surrendering to God is a journey. And understanding the will of God is sometimes a journey. It will not be revealed to you at one swoop that you understand. Sometimes it comes in bits and pieces. And now that I have all these bits and pieces, I'm trying to make sense of it and I'm connecting to the heart of God and trying to figure it all out. I now realize that the, my daughter and all that comes with her as a blessing in her life. Because you want to know why? Because her condition forced us to change our work schedules. Her condition forced us to think of other ways how to make do and help her with what has been growing to. You know the saying when God says, He will not give you a burden you cannot handle? I now realize that it's true. It's true. Because now, when I see my daughter, I realize, wow. This is such a blessed privilege that you have given me. Amen? And a big blessing came to us yesterday. It was the day of assessment for my daughter for, from her developmental pediatrician. So here, the pediatrician will say and assess if she is at par with her age. And naturally, as parents, we were nervous. And we were orienting our child. Oh, when doctor asks you, answer, huh? We're very much pressured. But we're blessed when the results came. She said, your daughter is at par. Your daughter. So now it's clear validation. It's not a curse, but a blessed privilege, a blessing that I tried to label as a curse before. Why am I sharing this to you? Because I want to tell you that in choosing life, Following God is the blessing in itself. Challenges may come. Confusion may come. But if you follow God, God is with you. And if you do that, you're choosing life. Amen. To give the next part of the talk, let me welcome Brother Odi Villarasa. Thank you, John Ben. One big hand to John Ben, everyone. Let's talk about death. Can you tell the person beside you, let's talk about death. Death, not debt. Okay? Can I start with a simple story? May I? One day, when we were growing up, I was a teenager, my brother comes at home, and then he, he starts raving about this book, and he says that this book is so revolutionary. It's the most amazing book that you'll ever read. It's going to change the way that we consume and get entertained by books. And I didn't believe him at first until I started reading it. And then I'm like, wow. Tama. He was correct. You ever read that book when you were young called Choose Your Own Adventure? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. If somebody's raised, raising their hands beside you, just tell them, hello, Tito. Hello, Tita. It's a good book, right? 
For those of you who don't know this book, this was the first book ever written, at least during my time, where it was written from the second person perspective. So the reader of the story, as you're reading it, you become the hero of the story. In what way? You get to choose how the story progresses based on options. Like for instance, as you're reading two, two to three pages afterwards, you're given options on the book. And depending on what option you choose, that's how the story will progress. So the outcome becomes different if you choose a different, a different choice. So in a way, there was like multiple endings to this book. That's what Moses is trying to get at to the Israelites. He says, you have two options. How many? Two options. You have the option to choose life. You have the option to choose death. Now, life leads to a blessing, but death leads to a curse. Now, I know what everybody here is thinking. Between those two choices, automatically, we're going to choose life, right? Everybody wants to choose the blessing, but did you know that it's not really true? Because it's not always easy to choose the right thing. Just as much, as much as it's not always easy to do the right thing. I mean, how many of you here, just by raising your hands, would prefer to choose the seasick over the salad? Just raise your hand. Come on. How many of you here would prefer to choose soda over, over water? Right? It's not always easy to choose the right thing. How many of you here would choose to turn to violence over choosing peace? You don't have to raise your hands. Okay? But that's my point. Sometimes we think, yes, it's easy to choose the blessing because that's what we want. But is it really the easiest thing to choose? It's not. And that's what Moses is trying to get at. Now, JB already told you about choosing life. And when you choose life, yes, there are, there's blessing, there's abundance. But what happens when you start choosing curse? There's death. And Moses starts talking about this. Let's go to Deuteronomy again. This is... Uh, a very important and hard message to preach today, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will open up your heart to receive this. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15, it says, but if you refuse to listen, tell the person beside you, if you refuse to listen, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. And then Moses proceeds to list down all the curses. I'll read it to you. He says, Your towns and fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. In fact, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. The Lord Himself will send you will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in everything that you do until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. Question, as you're listening to this, is it scary for you to actually listen to all these curses? I mean, when I was reading this, I'm like, why does it feel like God is out to punish me? Why does it feel like God is out to get me? Can I... Preach this through an analogy. May I? I'll tell you a story. We had a recent situation, an experience with our son, Ethan. He's already in grade one. And school had been great for him for the past three weeks. How many of you parents have children at school? Grade one, grade one especially. Okay. 
All right, so we brought them to school, and it was fine. The last few weeks have been fine. He'd been having fun, and usually I would drop him off and pick him up. I would leave and then do work or do errands. And then last Tuesday, something happened. I got a call. I was in the grocery, and it was somebody from school. And he said, Daddy Odi, are you close in the school? And I'm like, no, I'm actually back at home. I'm in the grocery. Why? Because Ethan has been crying inconsolably for the past few minutes and we cannot stop him. And I'm like, is it an emergency? Do you need me to drive back there? It's about 15 to 20 minutes worth of driving. And, and, and they're like, no, no, no. Uh, I think we can manage it. But we want to ask you a question. Was there a recent death in the family? I'm like, no, not that I know of. Why do you ask? Well, because your son keeps on saying that your wife, his mom, had been sick. And that she passed away. But by some miracle, she was rescued. She survived. And I'm like, that must have been a dream. Because my son is too young to be on drugs. <laughs> God willing, that's not going to be an issue that we're going to have to deal with later on. And, and so we fetched him and we confronted him about it when, when we were with him. And, and we asked him, Ethan, did you say that mommy was sick? And he said, no, I forgot that it was because I just missed you and daddy. You, you and mommy. And, okay, so that's it. The next day, the same thing happened, except that I didn't get a call. When we fetched him, the teacher said, your son needed to be pulled away from class. He needed to be in a special class with a special teacher, one teacher, because he was crying again. And again, we confronted him about it. And we did not know. By this time, as a parent, you know when your kid is, is thinking of something, but he's not saying it until we kept on prying and prying until finally he said the truth. He said, Daddy... I'm afraid to be in class because I have a scary teacher. And, and I'm like, what's scary about her? She shouts so loud and she's always mad at me. And I knew, I know that, you know, you don't always take your kids based on how they describe it. And so the following day, as a parent, I deliberately looked for the teacher to talk to her. And true enough, to confirm my suspicions, she was the sweetest, small little lady. And yes, she had a loud voice. But when I asked her, I told her, Teacher, Ethan is actually afraid of you because you have a loud voice. Can you explain to us why you have a loud voice? And I knew this. This was the answer already. She said, Daddy, the reason why I have to have a loud voice is because these children are transitioning from kinder to grade one. Kinder, it's play school. Grade one, they have to sit down in their own tables. They need a little more discipline. They don't listen. They have to learn how to listen. And so the reason why I have to raise my voice is because I'm calling their attention. And I could very well say the same thing about God. You know, there are passages in the Bible sometimes that are hard to hear just like this. It's so hard to hear, but what if... The reason why the author makes it feel like it's a threat is because that's the only way that God can call our attention. God is simply telling somebody here today, this is serious stuff. If you choose life, you get blessed. But if you choose a de death, you get, a, you get a curse. You get a curse. You got to take this seriously or else it, it has implications in your life that you do not understand. So choose life. Tell the person beside you, choose life. Choose life. This is an important message for somebody here to hear. Because in fact, you know how, take note, take note. Moses, he lists down all the blessings in 14 verses. 14 verses. You know how many verses it takes to list down all the curses? Ask me how many. A little bit louder. How many? 32. 
It's twice. Why? Because he's calling your attention. He's simply saying, hey, you got to take this seriously. You can't just live your life choosing curse after curse after curse because I care about you. How many of you believe that God cares about you? Raise your hand. Give the Lord a clap offering. He's a good God. But you know, one thing you have to learn when you hear the word curse, through modern lenses, when we hear the word curse, what comes into our minds is, oh, that's a curse, you know? Like Snow White being put to sleep by the evil witch, that's a curse. Like Ursula taking the voice of Ariel, because that's a curse. We think that the curse is a spell. But in the Bible, a curse is a little bit different. The very first time that the word curse was used was in Genesis. This is a hyperlink. When Adam and Eve were exiled, they were evicted from the house of Big Brother, from the Garden of Eden, it says that the ground that you will walk on will be cursed. If you, in the garden, you could grow and just harvest and just sit down and enjoy the fruits. Now, you have to work. You have to till and toil and sweat until harvest comes. And sometimes the harvest doesn't even come because that's an effect of sin. But here's one thing you need to know. The truth is, God doesn't have to punish us. He doesn't. Because sin, it's its own punishment. I mean, God has given you free will. You can decide if you want to walk with God or no. And you know what God will do if you don't want to be with God? He's going to remove His presence from your life. You don't have to feel it. That's why I believe that God will always respect the decisions that you make however you want to choose to live your life. That's why a curse in the Bible, it's God allowing the bad consequences of your bad decisions. Why? So that you one day might want to change and be with God. That's what a curse is. It's not because God wants to punish you. It's not because God doesn't love you. But it's because He wants you to experience every choice that you have. And some choices you make will lead you away from God. And that's why this message, again, is so important because I'd like to imagine that there's somebody here who hasn't been with God for the longest time. And maybe you're asking this question. Is there a place for me up in heaven for somebody who has sinned against the Lord again and again? Can God ever forgive somebody like me who keeps on repeating the same mistake and the same sin again and again? If that's you, I want you to listen to what Moses has to say about this. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses talks about something that sounds so weird. He says, in the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I have listed for you, and when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart all of these instructions. Now, when I was reading this, I'm like, wait a minute. Why does it look like Moses can see the future? He says, in the future, this is what's going to happen. The Lord your God will exile you. I mean, unless Moses is a time traveler, where is he coming from? How in the world does he know? I'll give you one context and then two reasons after that. Here's the context. Remember that Deuteronomy, it wasn't written during the time that these things were happening. Deuteronomy was compiled during the Babylonian exile. So in a way, this was in the context of already of the Israelites being in exile. But two things I want to leave you with, all right? Prophecy, that's the first one. Some scholars believe that when the author was writing this, he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So they knew, or he knew, whoever wrote this, that a time will come 
that the Israelites will be exiled. But here's the second reason, and this is more practical. The first one is what? Prophecy. Say prophecy. prophecy. Second reason is called predictability. Predictability. I mean, human behavior is very much predictable. Amen? Look at the person beside you. Do you feel like that person is predictable? No? The husbands are saying no. <laughs> at some point, just for you to agree with me, I believe that human behavior is predictable. You wake up at a certain time to do a certain thing, and then you respond a certain way to some things, right? I mean, human behavior is predictable. The more that you grow up, the more that you realize that, hey, I've been with, with, with my wife for almost 10 years this coming October, and I know some of her habits are very predictable. All the husbands say amen. All the wives say a louder amen. amen. It's, it's true. When you're together with somebody, you, they become very predictable. But here's the thing. Listen to me. Say I'm listening. This is exactly the area where the enemy gets us. Because if the enemy knows your weak spots, like this is a, an, an area that you're weak in, he'll know exactly how to trigger you in that area. Like if the enemy knows that you're struggling with sin, like for instance, you're struggling with lust for all the men. The enemy will expose you to just maybe a naked picture and he knows that he doesn't have to do much because that trigger will trigger a pattern of predictability in your life. And now you're thinking about lust. If you are somebody who is addicted to, for instance, greed, what the enemy will do is he will, he will expose you to corrupt practices or corrupt situations where he knows that if you're exposed to that, the only thing that will happen is that you will follow the pattern of your predictability if that's something that you've been doing again and again. So how do you stop the predictability one way, you replace that with a good habit. You stop the cycle right there. If you are addicted to porn, for instance, you stop whatever triggers you with porn. An image, a thought, a situation, get yourself out of that. But you know, the truth is, we can't do it on our own. You agree? I mean, how many times have you battled the same sin again and again? Raise your hand. Father, Father Mark said the same thing again. We struggle with sin. And we keep repeating the same sin again and again because of the truth that we cannot do it on our own. But thank God that we don't have to. Because what the enemy could not predict, that he cannot predict, is that one man would come that would be able to overcome sin. And that's why it's so important that you need Jesus. Because sin will always be a part of our life. That's why you need Jesus to be part of your life. But let me give you a little solution, all right? This is, uh, Moses says, after he says that God will exile you, he gives a powerful hope. He says that if at that time you and your children return, everybody say return. If you return to the Lord our God and if you obey with all your heart and all your soul all the commands I have given you today, then the Lord your God will return your fortunes. This is for somebody here right now who is so far away from the Lord and you've walked away. This is a promise that if you return, the Lord is quick with His mercy. He will restore your fortunes. He will restore you His life. But here's the solution. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, the Lord God says, He will, Pasintabi po ha, sa lahat ng mga kumakain na nasa bahay, na mga kakakain pa lang, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts 
in the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Now, let me explain this. Everybody say circumcision. circumcision. You know, there are two kinds of circumcision. There's the physical one and then there's the spiritual one. The physical one is what all the men know about. You know this. It's a ritual. It's a rite of passage for all the guys. You know, at a certain age, you get circumcised because it's a, it's a, you know, a hygienic practical purpose. In, back in the day, it wasn't for hygiene. It was for a religious purpose because it was a covenant that they had with God. I, I had my circumcision when I was seven years old and I, I did not remember anything. I needed to confirm it with my mom who's sitting right there what age I was because I could only remember one word about it. Ask me what? Ouch. Masakit. But you know, the most ironic time of a, of a boy's life is also when you're circumcised. You want to know why? Because people are saying, congratulations, you're now a real man. And then they're saying it to you while you're wearing your mommy's skirt. <laughs> How ironic. But you know, that's a physical circumcision. But there's another kind of circumcision and it's the spiritual one. And I know I need to talk to you about this right now because I don't want some of you here coming home today and people asking you, what did you learn at the feast? Well, Brother Audie was talking about circumcision. It was so helpful. <laughs> Spiritual circumcision, listen to me. It's the same kind of circumcision in the sense that it's also painful. But it's not a physical pain. Because spiritual circumcision is you vacating your throne and saying, Lord, take your place. Take your place, Lord. That's spiritual circumcision. When you're allowing the Lord to rule your life. Because the truth is, we cannot do it on our own. We need Jesus to be the one. And this is where we turn to Paul. In the book of Colossians, Paul says, read this with me. Paul says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. How? The cutting away of your sinful nature. Now let it be put it this way. Physical circumcision is when you cut away the foreskin. Spiritual circumcision, on the other hand, is when you cut away the before sin. You like that? Don't quote me on it. <laughs> That's what it is. It's cutting away the before sin that we cannot do because sin is hard. We said that the big message today is you create your own destiny. It's a good message, isn't it? Say amen if you believe it's a good message. But you know in basketball, for all the guys, you know how they sometimes do a pump fake? You know, we're not, they're not shooting the ball and they're, they're, they're pumping fake. That's actually a pump fake. That's not the real message. The real message is this. God is the one creating a new destiny for you. Because you cannot do it on your own. You need the power and the grace of God to help you. Now, I don't know what kinds of sins and inequities and shames that you've been carrying, but here's the way that I would close this. I'm going to call somebody on stage in a few moments. You need Jesus, yes? But the way that you can have Jesus is that you need to choose Jesus. He can't force you to choose Him. You need to be the one to choose Jesus. That's why, you know, when I came to Christ at the age of 25, I realized that 
I need Jesus. I need to choose Jesus by myself. It's a personal decision. But it's not only by myself. I need to also choose Jesus, not just for myself, but also for others. Because when you make a decision, I want you to know that you're not just making a decision for your own life. But you're also making a decision that will affect somebody else's life. It will affect your spouse if you're married. It will affect your parents if you're still under their roof. It will affect your co-workers. It will affect the generations that follow after you. That's why it's so important that when we choose, we choose Jesus. And did you know that the one greatest decision that you can ever make, and I pray that this is something that you take heart today, the greatest decision that you can ever make is to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus, plain and simple. To follow Him, to have life with Him, so that in the process of following Jesus, you're creating other disciples who follow Jesus as well. Can you just shake the person beside you to make sure they're not sleeping through the message and say, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Let me read to you the last verse and then I'll call somebody on stage. You guys are familiar with this. It comes from the book of Matthew. Jesus says, listen to me. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to where? To life. To blessing to abundance. It's a small road. And the sad thing is, only a few people ever find it. The road to curse, to death, to hurt, to sin, it's wide. It's an open highway. There are no blockages there. You're free to enter. But the, but the journey to life, as Jesus is saying, it's small. And it takes a deliberate Decision to stay in that path, even though it's small, because that's what we're meant to do, to follow that small path. Amen? Can I call on stage Joni? He's going to sing a song for us. And come on, clap your hands for Joni. My fancy Joni. Joni will sing a song that I believe should represent our hearts right now. And he's going to teach you the song, and I'd like you to sing along with him, and then we'll close. Is that okay? Yes. All right. Good morning, everyone. Let this be your prayer today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will choose you, Lord. Over and over again, I will choose your ways. Over and over again, there is no going back to the place that I used to be. Help me to know you more, more, more. I will choose you, Lord, over and over again. I will choose your ways 
over and over again There is no going back To the place that I used to be Help me to know you more, more Come on, let's sing I will choose you, Lord Over and over again I will choose your ways Over and over again There is no going back To the place that I used to be Help me to know you more, more, more I will choose you, Lord Come on, just your voices Over May I invite everyone to stand? Thank you, Joni. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me. Jesus, today I choose you over anything or anyone. Let nothing come between you and me. Everybody raise your hands in this place. Let me pray for you. Lord God, I pray for every person here listening under the sound of my voice. And I pray that as they have listened and have sat and have taken the message, I pray, Lord, that you are raising these people to follow you. I pray, Lord, that you bless this person like you blessed Abraham, that they would be, that families would be blessed through them. I pray that through this person, an avalanche and abundance of blessing would come forth to affect generations. I pray that you bless them, not just them, but bless their family, bless their spouses, bless their work, bless their children, bless their children's children. I pray that through the grace of your Son, you are raising a generation of people who love you and who follow you each and every day. I pray, Lord, that through this person, they will serve you, they will worship you, and they will walk with you until the end of their days. Bless this person, Lord, and chase them with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.